All right, all right, all right. You know what this means. Come on down. Let's all meet up here. Let's all meet up here. Let's all meet up here. Come on, family. This is really bright. All right, I have a question to ask a couple people. Let's ask Josie, because she's right here. Josie, how many times do you think you praise the Lord a day? Me? Um, a lot. A lot. What about you, Monica? The best of my ability. All right. Lastly, Angel, did you praise the Lord today at all? No. How many people are in that no category today? How many people did not praise him today? All right, well, let's do this today. Okay, so in Psalm 34, 1, it tells us, I will extol, extol the Lord at all times, meaning I will raise him up. I will shout his name. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Now, I want us to do a little chant. Ready? Everyone start with me. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I can't hear you. Jesus, 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 Jesus. Jesus, let's praise him
to worship, I just, just close your eyes with me and begin to place one of your hands on your heart right now. Just begin to ask the Holy Spirit to wake your heart up. God, we ask that your Holy Spirit would wake our hearts up, God, to who you are. Would you wake our hearts up, God, to your kingdom, God? Wake our hearts up, Lord God, with your love, God. With your mercy, God, with your grace. I pray that it would begin to shower over us tonight, God. Every heart in this place, God, if they've been feeling condemned, Lord God. Or if there's any sin, Lord God, that's been just been you've been pressing on their hearts, God. God, we surrender to you. And we welcome you, Holy Spirit, to lead our hearts, to guard our hearts, God. To walk with us, God, just like you did, God, in the garden with Adam and Eve. Oh God, so you have all of us, Lord.
We won't let this song get old to us, God. Lord, we will. We will allow you, God, to have our hearts, Lord. We will surrender to you, God. We won't get bored singing this song to you, God. Thankfulness, God of thankfulness, onto you, 
you're good, God, and you deserve so much more, God. Lord God, that you're with us, God, when we go to school, God, when we go to work, Lord. Remind us every day, Lord, that you're there. Lord, we praise you tonight. We speak out your name because you are good. You are a great, great God. Lord, tonight I rebuke the heart of apathy. I rebuke that heart that can't open to you tonight, Lord. We call on you to warm these hearts, to pierce these hearts like only you can, Jesus. We pray that these hearts in this room are yours. I know some are standing here, some are just speaking your name just to speak it and some aren't opening their mouths at all but lord we pray for mouths to be open we pray for hearts to be healed all in your name jesus because you are in this room you are in this room jesus yes hallelujah lord you are real you are tan you are tangible presence in this room right now in our hearts let's feel him speak to us what is he saying to you right now repent my child of the things that you have done and that you are hiding in secrecy Lord Lord open it up take it out my child let it out let it out let it all out tonight because he is here waiting for you with open arms, ready to embrace you because you belong to him. As much as you want to deny, you belong to him. I belong to Jesus. Let's all say that together. I belong to Jesus. I belong to Jesus. Let's raise our hands. Lord, we praise you and we pray that you fill this place, Lord. And we can feel your heart 
all around here, Lord. We know what you are doing. We unleash it today. We receive it, Lord. We, we receive your fire, God. Let it wrap all around, all around. And let us not be afraid. Let us welcome it. Welcome the gifts our Father has for us. We praise you and pray this all in your holy name. And everybody said, amen. Everybody find a seat, find a seat. sound sleepy, man. Y'all sound like you just got off of World War II or something, man. Vietnam War, whatever it is. Let's try that again, man. I'm going to go with this side. I'm going to go with this side right here. Elevate! Man. Don't, wait, don't, don't even put music, man. I think I hear the music more. Let me go on this side. Elevate! I thought it was TJ over here. I'm playing with y'all. Welcome to Elevate! Oh, I got y'all there. <laughs> Who's excited to be in Elevate tonight? Come on, y'all. Give me some excitement. Who is excited to be in Elevate? Who loves Jesus? Okay, okay, okay. Who loves God? Who loves people? Who loves the neighbor next to you? Oh, y'all were like, oh, I don't know. I don't know if I love that person. <laughs> Guys, welcome to Elevate. I'm so happy y'all here. So happy you brought your friends. Keep inviting your friends, all right? Don't stop doing that. How do you invite your friends? You preach the gospel, right? I'm going to get into that in a little bit. First, let's go with the vision, right? What's our vision over here? I'm kind of blind. I need help. I need help. Shamal, come up here, bro. Nah, I ain't looking back. You, you, you're probably blind, too. What's the vision, bro? Loving God and loving people. Ooh, loving God loving people. What does it mean to love God? Who knows up in this house what it means to love God? Oh, Abel, you pointy fingers, right? Come on, bro. What does it mean to love God? Do you love God, Abel? Okay, he doesn't know he loves God. Come on. Humberto, what does it mean to love God? Ah, uh, to worship him with passion. And, oh, I forgot the other one. <laughs> to worship him with passion. And to obey his commandments. His commandments. There you go. We got some liars in this house, right? No? Who's been, who's been disobeying God's commands? It's okay. We still love y'all. <laughs> Next slide. The strategy. Who in here is good at strategic games, right? Like chess. We got some chess players in the house. No, I like to play chess. Checkers. Okay, cool, cool. We need strategy for that. Here's our strategy, y'all. It's connect, mentor, sin. We want to connect y'all, mentor the cross, right? We want y'all to know that Jesus, right? He loves y'all. Connect to him, right? And we want to mentor you one on one, right? If y'all seen the book, they're over there. It's the it's a small book, right? It costs seven dollars. But it's a book, right, where a mentor, right, a leader, my leaders in the house, right? Where my leaders at? Where my leaders at? Raise your hands, leaders. The people that have their hands up, these are the leaders. They're going to mentor you. They want to love on you. They want to call you up, right, at 12 midnight. What you doing? No, I'm just kidding. No, but they want to love on you, right? That's what we'll do. And then we send you. Everybody say send. 
Where do we send y'all? To the Philippines, send y'all to Brazil, right? Just kidding. Everywhere, right? No, I was just kidding. Everywhere. Some of y'all probably want to go, you know, over here in the hood over here. Man, yesterday at the Gain Outreach, that's where we've been going. Some of y'all who are 18, right? TJ, you going to go to Gain Outreach one day? Come on, somebody. He's ready to get sent out. Next up is our goal. Our goal. Who believes in the goal? Who, believe, who has goals in here? Who has New Year, New Me goals? Who's been living on those New Year, New Me goals? Who failed on those goals? Hey, no, do not A that. Guys, this is our goal right here. We want 100,000 disciples, right? 50 churches in Chicago and 500 around the world. Can I get an amen? amen. Can I get a hallelujah? Everybody, please stand up. We're going to go over our tithes and offerings over here. We got some fun stuff going on. But first, we're going to explain to y'all what does it mean to tithe and what does it mean to offer. And I'm going to call on somebody else because I just like putting people on blast. Not you, Lawrence. Josie, what does it mean to tithe? Um, 10% of your total income. Boom, she got it right in the money. 10% of your total income. What does it mean to offer, Karina? After your tithe, true, true, true. She got it. <laughs> we got an example for y'all. And it is 10% of $50. Who knows that? With the hands up. What is 10% of $50? Ashley? Really? Okay, come on. What is 10% of 50 bucks? $5. Is she right? Is she? I don't know. Is she right? Is she right? Want everybody to see it? There you go. $5. Who got $5 in their pockets right now? You better give it to Jesus. He wants it. <laughs> give it to the Lord. I know y'all got paid this week, right? I hope some of y'all in slang and you got paid. Don't be on that stuff. <laughs> Make your money the legal way. <laughs> but anyway, if you got money, come on, guys. Give the tithe. Jesus loves y'all, right? Don't be stealing from Jesus. Jesus don't steal from you. <laughs> Anyway, let's pray, guys. Let's bow our heads. Father God, we thank you, God, for this time. We thank you for bringing us here, oh God, bringing every uh, male and female here, God, youth that want to know you more, youth, God, that just been hungering uh, for your love, oh God. I pray, God, the youth that do not know you, God, that tonight will be the night where they get to know you and fall in love with you, oh God. I pray, God, for this tithe, God. I pray, God, for it, for it to be an increase in your kingdom, God. I pray, God, for also be an increase in someone's faith tonight, God, that they don't know how to tithe. And that today, God, they could just lay it at the altar and give it to you, God, an offering that's for you, God, a sacrifice, God, unto you, Lord, all for you, God. We glorify you tonight. We praise and honor your name. In Jesus' name we said, amen.
Elevate, elevate. We got like this side more excited than this side, man. That's what it sounds like, man, all right? Let's try this again. Elevate. All right, there it is. Like, now it's unity. There's like a continuation going on here, man. All right, man, give it up for Jesus Christ first. Hey, man, God is good, man. I am excited for today. I'm excited to be here. Uh, was out in uh, Florida, man. Had some good old refreshment for like three days. And then came back last night, and I'm here today, man, just to uh, to fellowship with you guys, man, and see what God has for us today. Is anybody excited? Anybody? You got like seven guys, seven people. It's okay. And they're all guys except one, right? Any ladies excited? We got it. We got it four. We got like four. It's going good. It's getting. It's, it's increasing now, you know. But um, I am excited to be here. Uh, we're about to go and kick off our next um, part three of our series. Do you believe? And um, and today, man, it's just, it's a special time, man, because I believe that many of us are going through a, um, a season of our time where we tend to forget how we started off our walk with God. We tend to forget where God had found us and where he saved us and what condition we were in, you know? Sometimes we, we, we walk with God and the enemy comes just like he, he came with these characters, uh, with these individuals, not characters, but in the actual individuals in the Bible, Genesis chapter 4, and started to mess with them. And the same thing like us, the enemy comes and he starts to mess with us and he gets us to, to forget how we got saved in the first place. And see, according to the Bible, it was by faith through grace or grace through faith and that not of ourselves. It was a gift of God. Somebody say a gift from God. It was a gift. But see, we come, along to, uh, we come along with the Lord, and then there's a time where the enemy attacks us and deceives us, and then we forget that it was a gift. And because we forget that it was a gift, we begin to work and attempt to work for salvation, only to find ourselves without no joy, no peace, feeling alone again. The enemy now bringing back the old person that you once killed and put in a grave, bringing them back to life like some zombie. And that's exactly how we begin to walk around. We walk around like zombies because it's no longer a gift now. Now we feel like we have to earn something. We have to do these laws. We have to have all this pressure on us and all these other things. And we forget the one thing, the, the basic foundation, that it was a gift from the beginning. And if it was a gift, that means it was given to you freely. Somebody paid for it. That was Jesus Christ. He gave it to us freely. We're saved now. We go to heaven because of Jesus Christ. And what happens is that the devil comes and he wants to take that gift. And in place of that gift, he wants to give you a hammer. And he says, here, give me that gift. I'll give you this hammer. And now you go and you work for your salvation. You work your way into heaven because he knows on top of that. He doesn't tell you, but he knows that now you would never, you would never earn your way to heaven. You would always be trying to chip away and chip away and hammer away, never making a dent in salvation. And that is what the enemy desires to do. He desires to put us in that position. But tonight, I believe that God is going to give us freedom and that he was gonna, he's going to set us free in such a way, man, that we're able to look at things from God's perspective way up here rather than look at things like way right here. We're able to see the whole perspective from God's eyes. Amen? Um. Let's kick it off by prayer. We got some more people coming on in. Welcome. <laughs> welcome. Somebody say welcome to them. 
Welcome. All righty. Hey, um, let's pray real fast. Everybody bow your heads. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this time now, God. And Lord, we ask that you would have your way, Father. We ask, Lord God, that you would speak with clarity, God. Not, not, not words of wisdom of man, God. We want your word, God. We want you, God. We want you to speak right now, God. I pray to use me, God. Work in and through me, God, for your good purposes, God. To preach your word, Lord God, with clarity, God. To preach your word in such a way, God, that people may understand, Lord God, and be able to respond to what thus says the Lord. God, I pray that you will break chains today, God. That you will, Lord God, mend the heart, God, the religious heart that many of us have, God, and fell into, God. Lord, the religious mindset, God, that you would break that religiosity, God, and set us free in the name of Jesus, free to live for you, God, with peace and joy, God, free, Lord God, to love you because you first love us, God. Have your way tonight, Father, in Jesus' mighty name. And everybody says, amen and amen. As you guys see, Do You Believe is our series, and we are on part three. The first, uh, the part which we did Two weeks ago was on Genesis chapter 1 and 2, and it went against the, 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 the very theory of evolution. And we, we contrasted it with evolution and what thus says the Lord. And we found out that in chapter 1 and 2 that the one who actually created all things, the one who put it all together, the one who gave it the bang and, it, and went off, it was God Almighty according to the word. Genesis 1.1. That God created. He started creating the heavens and the earth. It wasn't a big bang theory. It, was, it wasn't nothing plus nothing that created all things as evolution stands on. That is the foundation of evolution itself. No. It was the ultimate mover, the one who does not move, the God Almighty who is moving everything. You guys understand what I'm saying? It was not a nothing that created something. It was a somebody that created all things. And that somebody was God Almighty. He was the one who created all things, heaven and earth. He was the one who created ourselves, our being, our very, who we are as human beings or one race, the human race, us. God did this. And in chapter 1 and 2, you see God's sovereignty, supreme power. You see his authority, his ability to give things orders, his ability to make plans, his ability to make designs and make them go the way he has them ordained to go because he has ultimate and supreme authority. And on top of that, we see God's love, the way he loved his creation and called it good. He created all these things, and in the end, he called them very good. They were all good. And when he created man and, and, uh, and woman, he said they were very good. These were good things God created, not evil. It was good. And in, a, in, a, in a chapter 2, in the end, we start seeing how he loved mankind. He created a, a garden for us called Eden, and he put us in that garden, and everything was there. He took care of us. He fed us. He gave us all these things, and he gave us, though, one commandment. And he says, do not eat of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That was the only commandment. And that commandment was broken by mankind, which was led into the fall of man and the fall of everything in this world in which we live in. And that was chapter 3, which we talked about last week, how the enemy himself worked, holy God, a holy God, the enemy went and worked through his creation to be unholy and cause them to sin, deceive them to sin, and to break the commandment of God, to break the union and the holiness that we had with God. Because there was a time when we were created, Adam and Eve, they were created holy. There was no impurities in them. 
There was no evil there. There was none of that. They were good. They were good to such a degree that a holy God who cannot be around sin was able to come along as we read in chapter 3 and just hang with them, talk with them, shake their hand. Adam, how you doing? He probably had like, well, he probably had a lot of hair. He probably had a lot of hair. You have this. He probably had like hair like Brian and he put his fingers to like, Adam, how you doing, my son? You know, tapping him on the shoulder, kicking it with him. You know, Eve was there and he's chilling with Eve, you know, and, and Eve has just probably had a just just all type of long hair just draping it. I could see just Adam trying to braid that thing up and stuff like, man, woman, it's all over the place. And just beautiful Eve just running around. And yet God was right there with them literally right there with them. They can be with God. They can fellowship with God. It was like face-to-face chilling just like we were doing now, just chilling with God in the garden. And the moment sin happened, the moment they chose to do wrong, it broke that. There were now, there was now God being a holy God and now mankind being an unholy creation, a sinful and ungodly creation because they disobeyed just one law. And it shows us the severity of what one sin does, one sin breaks all relationship with God Almighty because God is a holy God. And therefore, the first temptation that was ever made was the temptation to go against God's holiness. And therefore, we fell into it. And, and the devil knew once that holiness was broken, relationships and union with God will then be broken because a holy God cannot be close like that. And that kind of matter the way he was with an unholy people no more. It broke it. And they got kicked out of the Garden of Eden. That, that relationship was then severed, as we read in the end of, uh, of, of Genesis chapter 3. And he had to kick him out of the garden. And then after that, they began to fend for themselves. They began to have to work. There was, there was uh, recompense for their sins. There was wages for their sins. The woman now was able to give, we well, going to have birth, but it was going to be hard giving birth. It was going to be hard for her. She was going to have painful labors, as the word of God said. And then for man, that everything that, that was cursed, the land, because of their sin, everything, the land, the whole world was cursed now. And that's what brought in the, uh, the tornadoes and the tsunamis and the massive deaths because of natural disasters. All that came in because of sin. That was never there. It came in because of sin. And so, therefore, you see all these things happening right out, right from the, the, the moment they committed that sin, they began to fall. Which now leaves us into Genesis chapter 4. And today's message is called, Do You Believe God Desires Faith and Not Works? Faith and Not Works. Somebody say, Faith and Not Works. That is what we're going to be talking about today. And as I said, man, kicked out of the Garden of Eden, separated from the relationship and union once had with the Lord in the garden due to sin. Thus man begins to fall within a fallen world and sin begins to take over and show its ugly face in many ways and helped by the devil and his minions. Now that the devil has deceived man to go against God and his holiness, bring, bringing sin into the world and through man and severed the relationship between God and man, he now focuses. Now hear this real fast. The devil himself is now focusing on getting man to destroy themselves. And everything God has created and called good, starting with the main creation, man, who was created in the image of God. It is from this point that man attempts to please God in their own way. They lose sight of faith and attempt to do it by works. And see, I want to, before I even go on, I want to break down faith 
just real fast, the faith that they're talking about in this chapter and that we're about to see. See, this faith relied upon God. As you look upon when, 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 when man was created, they depended themselves upon God himself. That faith was in God who was the creator of heaven and earth. And everything he did, it was faith in God. They knew God did it. God said it. God created. He created us. Woman, you came out of my rib. It was God who did that. God did this. God fed us. He put us in the garden. God did everything. Their faith was solely in God Almighty. Just like when we get saved, our faith is in God Almighty. God, I trust you for salvation. God, you are the one. You died on the cross for my sins. You resurrected the third day. Jesus, you did these things. Come into my life now and save me. All our faith is in God and what he did. The same way with Adam and Eve, their faith was in what God did for them. It wasn't about themselves. It wasn't about me. It wasn't about uh, my wife. It wasn't about Adam. It wasn't about Eve. It wasn't about none of that. It was about the fact of God did it. God created it, and our faith is in him. Do you guys understand faith? That is what faith is. It was all trusting in what God did. And that was God. Now, now, in this sense, that is what the devil is now going to start attacking is their faith. He removed them from God. He deceived them to break this holiness. He deceived them. And now the, um, the, the separation of the relationship and, and union with God is now severed. And now he begins to work on man and their faith to get them to go against each other. It's to de destroy each other. And all the while, the devil's laughing. At God, as though he got an up on God. And the question is, do you believe? Do you believe all this happened? Because our schools, our public schools are teaching us opposite of these things. Atheists are going around and colleges and professors are saying, well, if, if, this were, if God is a good God, this world is all evil, why doesn't God do something about it? It was God who brought evil into the world. He did it. He did this. He did that. Or they say evolution to this. You came from a monkey. You did this. You have no purpose. You're just an animal. And so if you're just an animal, it's just a survival of the fittest. That's how Hitler started off his thing. He thought that he was a supreme race, the Aryan nation. He was a supreme race. And therefore, when he looked at the Jews, they said, no, we are supreme over you. And therefore, we will kill all of you. And that's how it started. He believed in evolution. He believed in Darwinism. And it led to the ultimate, the, almost the ultimate demise of the Jews. And it went from there. And that is what's going on in our schools. They're trying to get us to believe that we're monkeys so that we can continue to go against the very image of God, which is in each other. The only people that God said, let us create them in our image. It's a special thing. It's a unique thing. Animals were not created like that. That's why I can go on ahead. If, if it comes down to and there's no food, guess what? I'm hopping your fence and I'm killing your dog. I will eat that dog. I would, I would eat him with you. We would eat him together. You guys understand this? They're not created in God's image. Some of y'all are like, look, Steve, you jump over my face, fence and touch my dog. I am shooting you. Please don't shoot me, okay? It's, it's a dog. But the world will have it that dogs are more important than human beings. There was a time I asked a question at work, and I said, hey, if there was a fire, and you could, guys probably heard this question, if there was a fire, and your neighbor's house is on fire, and your house is on fire, and you got your house is all out. The only person in your house is your dog. But the neighbor screaming out the window, you got a chance to save your neighbor. Who will you save first? The majority of them said, I'm going to go save my dog. The neighbor can just burn. What? 
I'm, this is for real. I'm dead serious. I can probably ask you guys the same question. Some of y'all are like, look, that's right. That's right. That is right. I will save my dog. I'm telling you, Akbar will die. He will, he will die. That's it. George, he's going down. He's burning with the house. Pray for him. But my dog, I'm saving Fido, right? So the thing is, the enemy would have it that we would consider animals more precious than human beings themselves. Why is that? Why is it that we can abort babies and do all these other things, but yet we will call the babies and the eggs of an eagle, if you kill them, it's illegal. You'll go straight to jail. Do you guys know that? You kill eagles' eggs, that's it. You better keep running because the police are going to start chasing you, right? We will, we will sanctify an eagle egg, but we'll not sanctify a baby inside the stomach, a human being. Why is that? I'll tell you why. Because the enemy is still doing what he did then. He is going against the image of God and treating it as though it's nothing, and therefore we can murder them at the thousands without even blinking. We can take them all out because it means nothing to us. It's nothing. It's nothing. And therefore, we need to see and receive what God is trying to say in chapter 4. Because it's not just history, his story. He's trying to let us know through his history that this is what's happening even today. And that we need to wake up our eyes and recognize the enemy that is after our souls. And this is what's going on in chapter 4 of Genesis. I'll give you guys the quick breakdown of it. I don't want to read it in verbatim. But basically what happens in the first verse of chapter 4 in Genesis, if you can put that up there so they might want to read it, what happens is that Ab and Eve, they do what married couples do. They get it on, right? They get it on, right? You guys don't believe you guys are laughing like it's not true. Look at what it says. Adam made love to his wife. Come on, somebody, like. I'm not even going to, I'm going to start, I'm not going to go there. But Adam made love to his wife. You guys understand this? He made some good loving with his wife, right? Eve. And she became pregnant, right? That's what happens, right? Tango happens, bam, bam, bam. You have a baby now. Gave birth to Cain, she said, with the help of, the, listen to this. With the help of the Lord, I have brought forth a man. With whose help? With the Lord's help, right? We got about four people paying attention. With the Lord's help, I have brought forth a man. Later, she gave birth to his son, to his brother, Abel, right? Two things going on here. She gave birth to two sons, right? Two different sons. And see, what happens is that Eve and her faith, you can see the faith still going on, carried over into chapter 4. Eve, the mother of us all. Let's learn from her. She confesses that it was God who helped her to give birth to Cain. See, that confession was a confession of faith. She confessed, if it had not been for the Lord, I would have never gave birth to Cain. She recognized and acknowledged to everybody who would read this and everybody around her, including her husband, that if it wasn't for God, I would not be giving birth to this man. It wouldn't happen. So her faith was still in God at this time. She did not waver in that. She said, man, I am going to fulfill what God told me to fulfill. It's time to be fruitful and have some kids. Adam, get your butt in the tent and let's do what we got to do. And they did it, and bam, here comes Cain. He pops out like, dude, what, you know, hey. Bam, and next you know, Abel comes out, right? So the thing with her confession is that Eve recognized that without the Lord, she would not have been able to give birth. Two, showing that her faith was in the Lord that gave her the ability to act. She had faith, and then she acted. Do you guys understand that? She had faith in God to have kids. Then she did her part, and her part in faith was, uh, Adam, let's do the thing. They did it, and bam, there it was. 
And then the next one was real faith causes one to act per God's will. Real faith causes one to act, right, according to God's will. And what that means is that when we believe in God's word, when God says something, see, God told her in chapter 3, you're going to have children. It's going to be painful, but you're going to have children. And in faith, she received that and she acted upon that, and that was God's will. She didn't do something outside of God's will. She didn't grab, go run and get a giraffe or something like that and do some stupid stuff. No, in faith, she did what God told her to do. It was in faith based upon God's word. That's how we must act. When God says it, we must then act upon it. That is what we're talking about here. Real faith. Real faith comes to one. Comes and then one acts per God's will. She did God's will. The next one, if we can keep going, says, Now Abel kept flocks, and Cain worked the soil. In the course of time, Cain brought some of the uh, fruits of the soil as an offering to the Lord, and Abel also brought an offering, fat portions from some of the firstborn of his flock. The Lord looked with uh, I leave this? the Lord looked with favor on Abel and his offering, but on Cain and his offering, he did not look with. Can you keep going? With favor. So Cain was angry, and his face was downcast. What was going on here? Who did, who's, who's offering did God accept? Abel's, right? Who's offering did God reject? Why? Why? Right? Somebody said leftovers. Come on. Abel represents a righteous faith in that he acted upon faith when he gave his offering to God. Right? That was in verse 4. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 4. We guys can put it up on the screen real fast. This is what the Bible says about Abel. We learned this when we did our series of Heroes of the Faith. You guys can catch that on Facebook. Our whole series is there. Awesome series. I encourage you guys to go back and look at that. But this is what the Bible says. By faith, Abel brought God a better offering than Cain did. By faith, he was commended as righteous when God spoke well of his offering. And by faith, Abel still speaks even though he is dead. Basically what it's saying right there, righteous means in right standing with God. Abel, when he gave up his offering, it was done in faith. And because he did it in faith, he was considered by God righteous, meaning in right standing with me. What you're doing is in a line with me because your faith is in me, in God. Not, not me literally, right? But in God. And see, what happened was that he represents a righteous faith. Abel, in faith, brought God his offering from the firstborn of his flock. And then after that, Abel honored God in pursuing God through faith and found favor. You guys see the, the, the similarities between Abel and his mom. Both of them had faith in God Almighty. The faith is represented here by Abel because he gave God the first of his firstborn, meaning he was, a, he was a shepherd, a pastor. He was leading all these sheep, flock, whatever kind of animals he had. And the first one that was born, he grabbed that one and sacrificed it and gave it to God. See, the difference between Cain and Abel is that Abel recognized if, if it wasn't for God, I would not even be a shepherd. If it wasn't for God, I wouldn't even have sheep. I wouldn't even have these animals. And because I recognize that it is God, I'm willing in faith to get God the very firstborn that comes out for my flock. And he did that. And God honored that. 
See, when he did that, he recognized the fact that God gave it to me, and therefore in faith, I'm going to give back the first one to him. He didn't wait until like, man, let me have about five of these things first, and then I'll give him one. Maybe like the one that has a broken leg or somebody's kind of jacked up. This dude looks crazy. Give him up. You know, put him on the altar, cut him up, kill him like we do. We do that. Lord, I got my check. I know I'm supposed to pay my tithes and offerings, God. Let me get about three of these checks, and I'll give you about $10. It's like, what? What? What do you mean? What that shows God is that you're not, your faith is not in God. Your faith is actually in that money. It's not in God anymore. So you're not recognizing that God actually gave you that job, and therefore you're able to get paid from that job. And you're not recognizing because you don't give God your first. You wait in fear and say, well, let me, let me gain some money, you know, some more money. And then I'll be able to give you what you're talking about or at least give you some of it, God. I'll do half of it. You know what I mean? But half obedience is still disobedience. Half obedience is still disobedience. God, look, I'll give you half this blunt. I will throw it away. But first, I'm going to smoke the first half. And then the next half, I'll throw it away. God, I got you. Don't even worry about it. Bam. And we cheat that first half. And then, oh, let me get, oh, you know what I mean? And, and we finally throw it out. That's, that's disobedience. It is disobedience. It does not honor God. You guys understand what I'm saying? It is disobedience. Some of us, God is saying, leave that girlfriend alone. Leave that boyfriend alone. And we're like, man, God, you know, this is what I'll do, God. This is what I'll do. I'll let her go in the summertime. Because it's going to be about a good seven more. It's going to come to school. Or after, you know, I'm going to go to this pool. I'm going to go to a little spot. It's going to be about seven more, and I have a more variety. And I want to let her go anyways at that time because, you know, in summertime, I'm going to do my thing. You know, I'm, you know it's going gonna, it's gonna to go down. You know, it's hot. You know, ain't nobody got time for that. In the summertime, I'll let her go or I'll let him go. And we think, like, God is, like, really like that. Like, he's going to accept it. Like, man, son, that is a, that's a brilliant idea. Like, you already know. You're a good-looking lad. You know what I mean? Like, you're doing big things right now. You know what I mean? Like, you're doing good. You got a job and stuff. You got money. You can get plenty of girls. I'll take that. I'll, I'll accept that. No, he's, no. He's not going to do that. You know what I mean? Like, hit yourself. You know, like, no. God is not doing that. God wants your first. God wants to know. Because we can trust, you know, the, the question is, right, we can trust God. But can God trust you to do the right thing? See, because God continues to remain God. God is God. But the question is, just like many of us pray those foxhole prayers, God, if you set me free, if you do this, I will do X, Y, and Z. And God is like, listen, you done told that to the right person. I'll do what I got to do. But the question is, would you do what you're supposed to do? Would you do that? And see, many of us won't. Because the moment God gets you out of that situation because God is faithful, even when we're not faithful, the moment he answers that prayer, we're gone. It's like, dude, I got you. Oh, I'm out. And we take off running. And then the next time we get stuck in something, it's like, God, help me, and I'll just give you my life. Like, help me, and I will do this. I will, like, I'll, I'll give it to you. I'll let all of it. I'll give it to you. And then he helps you again, and bam, you take off again. And it becomes a revolving door. And in the end, it's not the fact that God is not God. It's the fact that you're continually to attempt to use God for your own gain. And eventually God is like, no, I'm going to let you go through this one on your own. Because now it's time for you to learn. I'm God Almighty. See, I loved you and I did that for you to show you that I love you. But each and every time you continue to run from me and do your own thing. And now it's time for me, judgment to come. It's time for me to take a stand and say, no, I'm not doing it again. You need to learn now. 
And see, I, and the thing is, the whole time God is allowing these things to happen. It's like if you're on the stove and you're he's cooking like ramen noodles or something, right, or macaroni and cheese or whatever, whatever you guys like, around the stove. And it's like you're on the stove and he puts a little fire and like, ooh, it's, it's a little hot. God save me. And then you run, and he heats up again, and you run. And the thing is, God is the one who's, who has the fire, and he's trying to, he's hiring it up so that you can call upon him and actually give you, give him your life. Not for his sake, it's for your sake, for our sake. And see, he's the one in charge of the fire. And so therefore, you keep playing games, all God does is he hires up the fire. And he hires up the fire. And the question is, what is it going to take for you to give your life to Jesus Christ? See, because many of us think that, man, you know what I mean, this God's not going to do all that stuff. No, he doesn't care about that stuff. No, yes, he does. He would allow you to lose your job. He would allow you to be on the streets. He would allow you to catch that disease. He would allow you to get pregnant. He would allow you to lose your home and go through all these other things. Because ultimately what he cares about is our soul. He cares about your eternity. He cares about the fact of, listen, I would take that job from you. I would do X, Y, and Z because ultimately I want you with me in heaven. While the devil wants us in hell. You guys understand that? And what I'm trying to say is that you guys are not here by coincidence. You guys are not here because you guys just stepped, you tripped right into hell of it. Like, oh, man, this guy, you're talking about Jesus. Like, whoa, okay. Yeah, it's not an accident. It is not an accident that you are here today. God is trying to get our attention. And the question is, what will it take? What would it take? I always talk, I talk about this testimony, man, about my mom and, and, her, and her fiance and the fact that the day before all this stuff happened, they came to my house and it was the third time I'm preaching to them. And I felt like God was telling them, listen, time is running out. You need to give your life to Jesus before it's too late. What is it going to take? What is going on? Comes that last time to tell me, hey, I'm engaged, and we're going to get married in October and all these other things. And I told him, look, you need to repent. Give your life to Jesus before it's too late. Oh, we'll do that in time. We'll do that in time. Well, listen, time came running. Time came up. The very next morning, they got into a motorcycle accident. He dies instantly, instantly dies. She goes flying up the motorcycle with, loses her arm, messed up, everything inside the leg flew out. So her leg was like inside out. Only by the grace of God, she is alive today. She gave her life to Jesus Christ. She's going through whatever she's going through, but she knows she needs to come back to the Lord. But the thing was, the question must, has to be asked, why did it take that much for you to give your life to Jesus? You could have been spared this and still have your arm and leg. Your, your, your fiancé could have been spared losing his life if you would have gave your life to Jesus Christ. And the question is, I'm not here trying to scare you guys. I'm here trying to warn you guys in love. What would it take for you to get right with Jesus? See, this is not even a part of the message. This is something else. But I believe God wants you to hear this. What would it take? What would it take? See, because I know, man, when I got that news, it devastated me devastated me but I thought about man it had to take this much for my mom to get saved and by the grace of God thank God she sent me a video today she's walking now praise the Lord hallelujah right she doesn't have her arm but she got an all prosthetic knee they did fixing up her leg and only by the grace of God that she's walking today praise the Lord only by God but what would it take family what would it take 
You see, that's what was going on inside chapter 4 of, of Genesis. See, Eve and Adam, Eve knew, she heard the promises of God. She figured, man, we need to start having babies because that's the only way for us to get victory. Adam, bring your little butt over here, whatever. Go eat some fruits, clams, whatever you got to do. Whatever aphrodisiac you need to do, eat some of that stuff. Let's go to this tent and let's get it on because that's the only way that salvation is going to come. So they thought, right? They're thinking. God promised these things. A, a son is supposed to crush the head of the enemy, of, of the devil himself. We need to start having kids. But then see, what happens is that they end up having kids. They end up having Cain and Abel in the beginning. Cain goes on ahead and gives an offering out of works. Abel gives an offering out of faith and trusting God. But then something happens. Mind you, the parents are looking at our kids like we're doing good. You know, somewhere in here, you know, God's going to save us. Something must happen. But then look what happens. Abel does his thing. He's pursuing God in faith. Just like many of us do, we start off trusting in God, having faith in God. But then something happens. Cain represents works of a fallen world. A world trying to please God by their own means and religious acts. Just like most of us are doing here. And see, this is what happens. Cain attempts to give God an offering based off works and not faith. See, Cain gives up of soil, from the soil of the ground. There was fruits that came up. He didn't give the first fruits, the first trees that grew up. No, he doubted God. He kept on working, and then out of that work, he gave God just whatever he wanted to give God. And that was based off works. What is works, Pastor Steve? What do you mean works? You keep saying works. Works is religion. Coming to church as though that's supposed to move the hand of God. Like, God, I'm in church. I want to see your hand. Grab, grab Brian. Throw him over here. Like, some crazy stuff. No. That is religion. Religion. Man, I better start doing this works. Man, I better start, you know, just doing good. Let me walk this lady across the street. Let me do good on my homework. Let me do all these other acts. Let me throw away the garbage. And after that, we go back to God. And we're like, here, God, look, I do it with the trash. I want that bike. Give me that bike. Or, God, I want to be in right standing with you. God, I want you to smile upon me. I want you to accept me. And God told Cain, no. I don't accept religion. I don't accept works. I don't accept you coming to church and yet your heart is still at home. I don't accept you when you come to church and your mind is still in that computer watching pornography. I don't accept that. I don't do that. You come to church and you still have a girl on the side and on top of that you have a little kick on the other side. I don't accept that. Because what I look at is the heart. I look at the heart. The heart that believes in me. And believes in me in such a degree that it gives me the first of everything. The first of their time, the first of their heart, the first of their eyes and their mind and their ears. The first. And Cain didn't do that. Cain offered God some of the fruits of the soil, not the first ones, according to verse 3. And then in verse 5, God does not favor Cain due to works and not faith. Cain didn't come at God with faith. He came at God with a bunch of religious acts, and God said, no, sorry, I can't accept that. I can't accept that. And see, many of us here, we have been playing church, man. We've been playing church for a long time. Somebody look at your neighbor and ask him, are you playing church? Right? Some of y'all scared us, like, I'm not asking that because I'm the one playing church, so I'm definitely not going to ask you. Because you may not be playing church. You're going to tell me, no, I ain't playing church, and I'm going to feel guilty. So, like, no, I'm not saying anything. It's okay. It's okay. I still love you guys, right? I'm not mad at you guys. I'm mad at the devil who keeps lying to us and sending us off. Amen? And the question is, do you believe? Do you believe God did all these things? Do you believe this is what happened? 
God is talking about actual people. He's talking about our ancestors. Abel and Cain were ancestors. I'm not talking about this Abel right here that's yawning over there chilling. No, man. I'm talking about the Abel of the Bible. Cain of the Bible. And see, what does this mean, Steve? What are you trying to say? What is God saying? Let me tell you what God is saying. We must start and end with faith. Believing that God did it, that God, well, God said it, God did it, and I believe it. That's what we're talking about. Faith in God. Jesus Christ came, died on the cross for our sins, resurrected the third day to give me everlasting life. I believe it. God, I receive it. Give it to me. I want salvation, God. Forgive me, Lord. Have mercy on me. In order to do God's will, we must have faith. Abel and Eve did the will of God based off faith. Eve had children based off faith in God's word. God said, hey, we'll have children. Okay, God, I'm going to go have children. Right? Abel said, hey, give me the, uh, God said to Abel, give me your first. Right? Have faith in me. Give me your first. And, and okay, Abel, bam, here you go. God, take first. I believe in you. I'm going to give you the first, the best of what I have, because I believe you're going to continue on giving me. Because my hope is not in these sheep. My hope is in God. And see, Cain failed to do that because he was stuck in religion. And see, the next one is, in, in order to please God, we must have faith. Hebrews 11:6. In order to please God, we must have faith. And then the other one is, when we stop operating in faith, we fall into works, religion. You see, don't get it twisted for a second that the enemy was not here. The same devil that caused the parents, Adam and Eve, to disobey God and his, go against his holiness and eat that fruit and do exactly what God said not to do is the same devil that's coming to deceive Cain. And see what happens now. When we stop operating in faith, we fall into works. We fall into religion. And we think that religion then is supposed to save us. But in order, this is what happens with works. In order to force our will on God. You see, when we do works, just like Cain did, Cain gave God works in order to move the hand of God. Really what Cain was saying and what many of us try to do is we say, man, I'm going to go to Elevate on Friday, God. But you better do this on Saturday. I'm going to go on ahead, man, and just, you know, I'm going to pray just to pray, you know. Abel save me or some crazy stuff, right? Whatever. I'm going to pray, but God, you better do this. You better do that. And see, works, what works does and what works tells God is that, God, I'm going to do this, and now you have to do this for me. Works attempts to get God and put him under our control. Rather than to have faith, which faith puts us under God and gives God control. See, there's a, two, there's a difference right there. And what religion does, it religion attempts to control God rather than allowing God to control us by his love, by his grace, and what's good for us. We try to flip it around. What else works does? In order to be right standing with God, we think that we got to work for it. I got to go to church every day. I got to do X, Y, and Z every day. I got to go on ahead and quote some scriptures. I got to memorize some stuff. On the outside, I got to play it off like I'm a real Christian, even though on the inside, I can care less about this stuff. And, what, and in the long run, what you're trying to say is that, God, I want to be in right standing with you, but I don't want to be genuine. I just want to be fake, and that should be enough for you. No, it's not. If it wasn't enough for Cain, it's not enough for us. And the other one is in order to find favor from God. See, Abel had favor with God because he did it in faith and he made him righteous. Cain did it out of religion 
and trying to fake the funk, trying to just play church and all these other things. And what he got, he didn't get favor. And what happens when you fall into this religion stuff? I'll tell you what happens. It leaves us in a fallen state. See, it never satisfies. That's why many of us, we can come in here, we can cast a hype, and we're clapping, and we're shouting, and everything is good because we think God is looking at us with favor because we're doing all these other things with our mouth, we're doing all these other things with our hands, but our heart is far from God. And see, what happens then that we, don't, we, never, we never really receive the joy, the love, the peace, the fulfillment of God. Instead, what we get is a continuation of a fallen person. The continuation of somebody that continues to fall into depression. A person that continues to fall into sin. A person that continues to dislike themselves and how they look in the mirror. It's a fallen person because what you're doing is you're trying to come with God, being religious. When God is saying, I don't care about the religion, I want your heart, I want your faith. Do you believe I can do this? Do you believe I am Lord? Do you believe I'm God? Do you believe I can heal you? Whatever it is, you put it in there. Do you believe? And the other one is what religion does. It leaves us very angry and never fulfilled. You see, what happened with Cain was that afterwards when God did not accept his offering, he got angry with God and he got angry and jealous at his brother Abel. And see, that sin right there came upon him and what God told him. God gave him a warning just like God gives us a warning. And he says, then the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why is your face downcast? His face downcast. What it meant was that he had hate in his face toward Abel. I hate this dude. Always want to do better than me. Always, you know me, trying to come first. Always want to be at church or whatever, at the altar on his knees, and then God ends up answering his prayer. When I'm sitting here hopping and stuff and doing cartwheels and stuff like that for God and, and all this stuff, but yet he gets his answered prayer. Well, I hate this dude. And God is telling him, why is your face like this? If you do what is right, will you not be accepted? He was telling him, if you, if you go on ahead and have faith in me and believe that I am who I said I am, will you not be accepted? Will, you not, will I not answer you and show you favor if you but believe in me? And he says, but you do what is right. I'm sorry, but if you do not do what is right, sin is crouching at your door. It desires to have you, but you must rule over it. See, what happens with religion is that religion comes in like a little tiger, man. He creeps on you. And all he wants to do is get his hands on you. It wants to grab a hold of you and tie you up. That's what religion does. Because then after that, it gets you to the point where you become bitter toward God. And you stop liking God. You stop honoring God. You stop looking at God as uh, uh, the way he's supposed to be looked at, supreme, high, all-powerful. We stop looking at that, and now we look at God as though he's our enemy, as though he's nothing. And we start, we'll stick up the, the finger at him, we'll curse at him, we'll do something like this and walk away. I'm tired of you, God. I ain't listening to your word. I tried this stuff. It didn't work for me. I'm going this way. I'm going to do my own thing. You guys ever heard that before? I'm tired of this stuff. I tried that Christian stuff. I tried going to church. It didn't work for me. No, what you tried was religion. Skip that religion stuff and try faith and then see what happens. Try real faith in God and see what happens. And see, after that, Cain said to his brother Abel, let's go out to the field. And he started to deceive Abel and took him to the field. 
and he killed him. The first murder ever recorded in history was a brother against another brother. And Cain went and killed Abel because of that jealousy and that bitterness that he had toward God and the jealousy he had toward man. He said, God, I got you. Don't even worry about it. And he took out his brother Abel, a man created in God's image. And see, it leaves us angry. Religion just leaves us angry and never fulfilled. It leaves us bitter and vulnerable to lash out in ways we thought we would never. See, many of us inside this room, man, we started coming to Elevate a very long time ago. I got some people that were, that were old school. I'm not going to put them on blast. They're over here somewhere. But the thing is, they've been coming to school, you know, Elevate a long time ago, and then they end up falling off. And they end up going wherever they did, right? But I'm telling you, if you talk to them, I bet you they have done stuff they thought they would never do. Man, I was coming to ele Elevate. I was, I was honoring God. I had a relationship with God. I was doing discipleship. And next you know, I just got tired of this stuff. And I ended up going doing my own thing. And, man, I started smoking weed. And I started having sex. And I was doing all types of stuff I thought I would never do. See, because religion will put you in that position. Works will put you in that spot where you're tired of working. And now you just want to be free. And you think freedom comes by doing whatever you want to do. I want to be homosexual. I'm just going to do that. Man, I just want to have sex. I'm just going to do that. I want to smoke weed. I'm going to do that. Look, I'm free. I'm free. You're not free. Because now you're enslaved to the very things that you gave yourself freely to do. And now you're stuck. Because religion, all it does is puts you, it makes you stuck in that one position. And it don't matter how much you try to work for God and do for God, it don't make a difference. You're still in that position because you will always feel, man, I'm, I'm doing this stuff, but it's just never enough. I feel like I'm going to church every day, but yet this is never enough. Yes, it's not never enough. And that's why God made it simple. And he said, believe in me, have faith in me. Let me do it. Honor me. All you need to do is just sit there, sit in my hand, and let me do it for you. When I tell you to go left, just simply go left. When I tell you to go right, go right. When I tell you be still, know that I'm God. Let me work this out. This battle's not yours. It's mine. Sit there. Trust me. And let me provide. And watch how God works. We all can stand. I can get Stephanie up here. See, the conclusion is, these questions right here, I want all of us to think about this. Do you believe God desires faith and not works? See, we have to ask ourselves that question. What kind of Christian do we call ourselves right now? Are we faith Christians or are we Christians who are just trying to get saved and trying to be Christians by all the works that we're trying to do, by our religious acts? And you will know which one you are because you will know in your heart, I'm just going to church just to go to church. My buddy's over there, man. Or I got this girl, whatever, man, and, you know, I just, I, I like her, man, so I, I go to Elevate. You know what I mean? That's, that's why I'm doing it. But outside of Elevate, man, hey, I'm, I do whatever I want to do. See, that's, that's a work. That's a religion. That's religious acts. That's all it is. Well, I'm going to pray with everybody because everybody's praying. Well, I'm going to lift my hands up because everybody's lifting up their hands. I'm going to do what, what the hype is to do. I'm going to do it. But in my heart, I can care less about it. See, that's religion. And religion, it doesn't get you anywhere. It continues to have you fall. And that eventually, you walk away from God because you think God is not working. And that God is not doing anything. He must not like me. No, it's not that. It's just the fact that God loves genuine people. God loves people who draws out faith in him to do it, not in themselves. See, there's a difference, man. 
We look at things as though, you know, we look, read this history in the series, and we look at like, man, bro, Adam and Eve, man, they really messed up, man. They really sinned. And they did. They, they sinned. They did. But see, it wasn't about the sin. It wasn't about the sin. What it was about was the fact that they stopped believing God. They stopped believing that God was God. They stopped believing that God was a good God, a God who loves them, a God who provides for them, a God who wants a relationship with them. They stopped believing in God. And the moment they stopped believing in God, sin became easy to do. Becomes nothing. Adam, throw me that apple. I like that sucker. Eat it. Take some. We're good. Oh, sin. And they did it like it was nothing. Read the story. We read it. They did it like it was nothing. She looked at it like, man, it's time. A little juicy and stuff, got a little fur on it. Looked like a peach or something. Like, man, give me that sucker, man. I'll eat it, man. You know, give me hot. And she ate the peach, whatever it was. She ate it like nothing. Abel, I mean, Cain went to, took Abel to a, his own brother, my his own brother. Mind you, this took him like nothing, dude. Come kick with me. We're gonna go over here, kick. I got some animals. Where I'm gonna try to kill these dudes out. They're messing up my front, my farm, my crops. Come on, dude. And he walks through. You can imagine him chilling. Abel's probably telling him, man, dude, my, my, I'm shepherd. I got one sheep. This dude always goes, he always backslides, man. I call him Brian, and he's just always gone. No offense to this Brian right here, my brother, but just can I use your name? Call him Brian, man, like, dude, but I love that sheep, man. I'm always chasing him. Kane, you don't even understand, man. Like, the sheep just looks at me, and I know, like, dude, you're mine, dude. I don't care how you look. I don't care what you do. I love you. And he's probably talking to Abel like that. And Abel's like, yeah, you know, that's cool, man. You know, I'm trying to grow these things. I'm trying to, you know, I try to honor God. And he ain't accept my stuff. And, you know, I'm tired of this stuff. And, you know, it's what it is. And they get to the farm, and they're still talking. All of a sudden, this dude grabs a brick or whatever he grabbed. Bam! Hits his brother Abel and kills him like nothing. Like nothing. His own brother kills him like nothing. When you read the rest of the chapter, you read about a, a man named Lamech who kills a teenager because he said a teenager hurt him. Because he hurt him. Yeah, he was messing with me. I killed that fool. Like nothing. Like nothing. Can you imagine that? People started taking things in their own matters. They didn't even care or have any respect for God at all. They didn't even have respect for their own common man that was created in God's image. They were killing people like nothing. Why? How is that? It's not because the sin just took over. It was the fact of, yes, it was there. Sin was there. The enemy was tempting. The enemy was doing exactly what he's doing today in your hearts right now. Todd and Steven, he's talking too long. Stupid dude, shut up. Just want to go home. I want hot chocolate, right? Abel probably wants some popcorn. We know these things, right? But this is the truth. You know what happened? It's that they stopped believing. They stopped honoring God. They stopped having faith in God. And the moment they stopped having faith in God, they were able to kill another human being without regard. They were able to sin and continue to sin without regard. They were religious. And in the end of that verse of chapter 4, they said, Then people began to call upon the Lord. That's when religion took full effect. And they started to be religious. Excuse me. They started to be religious. And who are you today? Do you have a real relationship with God? Or are you just religious, man? See, because one will go to heaven, but the other one will not. One, God accepts and considers righteous the one who has faith. But the other one, just as he did with Cain, 
I don't accept that. There is no favor in that. I don't honor that religious stuff. I honor a relationship. I honor faith. That's what I honor. I honor faith. I don't honor riches. Steve, does works mean anything then? Yes, it does. Works comes after faith, real faith. And then the both intertwine together, and it goes forward in God. Works is what comes after faith because it comes from a grateful heart. Not that I have to work, but I want to work now just to honor God. Not to get anything in return. No. I'm up here preaching. Not because I want, God, you better bless me tomorrow. I want some rest and all. No. God, I want another job. No. God, I want to move. I need a house. No. I'm here doing this because I love God and I love people. That's what I'm up here doing. I'm not trying to get favor from God. And it's the same thing with us here. Are you here because you're, you're trying to work to get God to show you favors, to get you into heaven, to tell God what to do? Or are you here to allow God to tell us what to do? To say, son, go this way. I know you're dealing with this. I know you have pain. I know you're going through struggles. I understand my son died for everybody. He wasn't even a sinner. And I gave him up. I let him go to earth. I let him be, be tortured, slapped in the face, punched, spit on. They whooped him. They beat him. They put thorns on his head. That was my only begotten son. And then they murdered him on a cross. Yes, I understand your pain. And the father understands our pain. And he says, man, he did that for the world. That was real. I understand your pain. Will you allow me to do something about it, though? In faith, will you trust me and not take matters in your own hand? Will you trust God the Father? Would you trust our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ? Will you trust the Holy Spirit to guide us and lead us unto all truth? Will we do that? That's the question today. With every eye closed, with every head bowed, do you have faith or do you have works? Are you trying to go after God in faith through Jesus? Which one are you trying to do today? Are you attempting to earn your way to God's good grace and favor? Are you coming to church because you think you are doing God a favor or trying to get him to do what you want him to do? Are you a religious person? Or do you have faith in there, man? Are you bitter towards God and feel that the devil has a grip on you and causing you to be angry at God and people? Do you feel angry because God is not responding to you the way you would like him to? These three things, man, if you find yourself in them, my encouragement to you is to come. It is to come. It is to come correct. It's to come in faith and say, God, I believe in what's going on. I believe what's going on. I believe that the devil is trying to kill me and trying to destroy me. I believe that we live in a fallen world. And that the world's objective and the world that the devil's objective is to get me to stop believing in you, God. I need help. Is that you today? Are you the religious one who on the outside, man, trying to play it off? I'm doing everything that God wants me to do. I'm working, I'm working, I'm working. But in the inside, it's not real faith. Because real faith, I'm telling you, it changes everything. It changes your life. When your faith is in Jesus Christ, it's not faith in faith, it's faith in Jesus Christ. When you have that in your heart, it changes everything. Where's your faith at? And the last one, are you angry at God today? 
because he's not doing things the way you thought he would do them. He's causing you to wait a little bit longer. It seems like he's never coming. Why am I going through this? It seems like it's forever. God, I'm praying for deliverance and you're not coming. God does it all for a reason. It's never not for nothing. It is all for a reason. Would you come? Would you join me up here on this altar? Because obviously, I, look, I'll be the first one to admit, I do have issues with these things too. Sometimes I doubt. And it's like, man, God, where's my future at? What, what, what is going to happen? I'm about to finish Bible college, Lord. What, what's going to happen next? Are you going to provide? What am I going to be doing? What's happening? I have questions too. But see, you know what? I take them in. I take them to this altar. Whether it's here, whether it's at home, whether it's on my couch, whether it's on the bed, whether I'm in the plane, 32,000 feet in the air like yesterday when I was writing this message and I'm like, God, help me. I don't want to be a man of religion. I want to be a man of faith. And because of faith, I want to do works because I love you. Because I have you, not because I'm trying to earn favor. But God, I just want to love you, God. And I want to love people. You think it's easy? No, it's not. Please don't get that from me. It's not easy. It's hard. It's hard work. But in my heart, it becomes easy and it becomes worth it. Because I know God is in it. God is with it. You guys understand, I'm not giving God my last like cane and just throwing that like, God here, take this stuff. Here you go, take this. No. It's like, God, I believe in you, God, and I give you first of everything, God. I give you my life. I lay it down at your feet, God, so that your will can be done in my life in faith. Faith in Jesus Christ. Is that you? And I would say, come, whoever you are. If you've been angry and bitter at God, I would say, come. Whatever it is, if you've been religious, if you've been religious and you know you have because you don't have fulfillment, you don't have the peace of God in your heart, you don't have joy in your heart, but yet you've been coming to church and doing all these other things, you're like, God, why, why am I still like this? Maybe because it's not done in faith. Maybe because you're just religious. I would say come and get that right at this altar just like they're doing. Have faith in Jesus Christ and God Almighty, whoever you are. I would say come. Would you do it off faith or would you do it off works? One pleases God and the other one God rejects. Don't let him reject you today. Honor God and honor him in faith. If you guys can come and take this away, make room right here. Father, in the name of Jesus, God, I thank you for who you are, God. Give you glory, God. And Lord, I, I don't want to be a Cain, God. I don't want to end up, God, hating my brother, Lord God. And in turn, if you, you said, if you hate your brother, you're a murderer. I don't want to hate anybody, God. I want to love them just as you love me. I want to honor people because they're created in your image, God. And the devil's out, God, trying to get us to destroy each other, Lord God. The devil's out trying to get us to be religious, Lord God. He's a liar, God. He's the father of liars. And I rebuke him in Jesus' name. And I pray, God, let me be, Lord God, the man you want me to be from the inside out, God. Let my conscience be clear and free, God. As I stand here today, God. 
that I believe in you, God, in faith. That my faith, my trust, my hope is in you, God, in your word. And that I would honor you all the days of my life, Father. God, have your way, Lord. Let me be an able, God. Let me be an Eve, God. Let me be an Adam, God. And although we fail, yes, we fail. You forgave us, though, God. God, let me continue to go in faith. And let me honor you, God. I would not be alive if it wasn't for you, God. I would be in prison right now if it wasn't for you, God. I would not have children if it wasn't for you. I wouldn't have a wife if it wasn't for you, God. I wouldn't have this ministry if it wasn't for you, God. I give it all back to you, God. I give it all to you, God. My children, my family, my loved ones, my all. I give it all back to you, God. My first fruits, I give it to you, God. Be God of my life. Be God of everything, God. Purify me. Sanctify me from the inside out. And everybody up here, God, I pray, Lord, that we will be genuine with you, God. That we would allow you to be the God that you want to be in our lives. Not the God that we want you to be, but the God that you want to be in our lives, God. Oh, that is so different than what we want. God, be God in my life. Be God in our lives, God. And God, I pray whoever's stuck in sin, God, that you will break the chains right now in the name of Jesus. Let them come to the front, Lord. Let them confess their sins unto you, God. And be set free, God. I pray right now in the name of Jesus. I rebuke the religious spirit in Jesus' name. I cast it out, God, and I lose relationships in his place. Intimacy with the living God. I rebuke the devil in the name of Jesus and his lies that have been telling people you don't mean anything, you have no worth. That God, you will show them their worth by showing them the cross, God, in the name of Jesus. Jesus, that you will show them their worth by showing them your blood, by showing them the thorns that went in your hands and in your head, God. I pray, Lord, have your way in this place in the name of Jesus. Have your way, God. Father, we thank you, God. Have mercy on me. Cleanse me, God, of anything that is not of you, any unholiness, any unrighteousness, God, and make me the righteousness in Christ Jesus. Have your way, God. In Jesus' mighty name. And if you are,